0: know who I feel real bad for is, is Indians. Everybody feels bad for Indians. They get dogged, they get dogged openly because everybody thinks they're dead. These motherfuckers are not all dead, all right? I've seen, with my own eyes, I've seen a gathering of 1,500 Native Americans. They were all gathered in one place. The place is called um, Walmart in New Mexico. There's was Indians everywhere. I'd never seen Indians before. I wasn't even sure if they were Indians. It's fucked up, but I, I asked one of them. It's not nice, but I seen him in the sports section looking at bows and arrows. I had to say something. Excuse me. I, I don't mean to be rude. Um, are you an Indian? And
1: he was cool. Yes. Yes, I am Indian. Still didn't believe him. I had to test him to be sure. This was fucked up. But I had a
0: gum wrapper in my pocket, so I balled that shit up and I threw it on the floor. And a single tear came out his
1: eye. I said, oh, shit. I had so many questions. I said, what tribe are you from?
0: I am a Navajo. I said, word. Well, I studied you in social studies. (laughs) You're a hunter-gatherer, correct? He said, I guess guess so. so. That's what what you wish to call it.
1: I said, why? What do you call it?
0: He He said, I am... an alcoholic. (laughs) I said, well, what's What's your name, dog?" dog? He said, "Please." please. Dog is my cousin. That was a good guess. My name is Running Coyote. What is your name, friend? And that shit caught me off guard. I mean, I didn't want to say my name was Dave to a motherfucker named Running Coyote. This don't feel good enough. He was putting me on the spot. I said, huh? My name, what? Oh, my name's uh,
1: Blackfeet. Then I changed the subject. Forget about me, what's going on with you? I wanna meet your chief. Why don't me, you, and your chief, and your friends get together tonight? We could have a real live
0: peace pipe smoking ritual. We need to celebrate, nigga. I thought you were dead. And he set it up, it was beautiful. It was just like our dream. It was all sitting around, and Indians was beating the drum. Some other Indians came out the back with a long blanket that was folded in half and put in in front of us.
1: Open that shit up, and on the blanket was a long wooden pipe with feathers
0: and bags of weed all over the blanket. Chief walked over. The big ones are 50. The little ones are 25. These are 10. Man, those Indians got high as shit. I was baked, I told the chief, he was
1: talking, I cut him off.
0: Time out, chief. Sorry to interrupt. Fucking smash, man, the weed's too strong. I'm itching, is this PCP? The spirits have got me. Chief, the spirits have got me. And the chief threw some water in my face. Calm down, black face. Splash! I
1: said, hey, it's black feet, motherfucker, take it easy.
0: feet you're welcome to stay amongst me and my tribe for the night until the spirits leave you and they gave me my own tp to sleep in which sounds nice i personally felt like it was a little fucked up you know because they all had houses man it's like why can't i sleep with y'all in the house and watch tv like i can't be on this grass all night Yeah, Indians is rude, man. Everybody's rude. Indians, they eat nasty food. All they ate was corn and shit. Doritos, I think they call them. <laughs> That's right. People only see the surface. They see the division in our foods. Just cause I eat chicken and watermelon. They think that that's something wrong with me. Let me tell you something. If you don't like chicken or watermelon, something's wrong with you, motherfucker. There's something wrong with you. Where are all these people that don't
1: like chicken and watermelon? I'm sick of hearing about how bad it is. It's great. I'm waiting for chicken to approach me to do a commercial, nigga. I will do I'll
0: do it for free, chicken. It's the least I can do. They make fun of Latin people for eating, uh,
1: what y'all eating? beans, rice, corn. Listen, that's not a reason to hate a motherfucker, All right, It's funny, but it's not a reason to hate.
0: The only reason these things are even an issue is because nobody knows what white people eat. You've been very good at keeping that shit a secret amongst yourselves. I study white people. You don't know that. I'm writing a paper on you. Not even for school, nigga. Just to do it. Just, get, just doing independent research. I'm spending my money. That's why I'm working so hard. I follow you around grocery stores. They
1: freak out. I just try to peek in the cart. They always say,
0: Get away from my cart, nigga. What are you looking at? Chicken and giblets are over there. You must be lost. These are vegetables. I know I what you drink. drink. See how quiet I got? <laughs> Grap grape juice. juice.
1: Surprise motherfuckers, you didn't know I knew about grape juice, did you? Oh.
0: Don't play dumb with me. what? A lot of black people don't have the privilege of knowing about grape juice because they have grape drink. It's not the same formula
1: that you give. Ain't no vitamins in that shit. You might have one of your black friends over, Todd. Todd
0: for a glass of grape juice? What? Nigga, what the fuck is juice? I want some grape drink, baby. Mm, it's purple. I don't think I know what a grape drink is. What? I have some apple juice if you want. What the fuck is juice? I want some apple drink.
1: Scream. Remember that commercial for Sunny Delight when all the kids run in from outside playing and they all run to the fridge? <sighs> all right, I got some purple stuff, some Sunny D. As soon as you say Sunny D, all the kids go, Yeah! Watch the black kid in the back. If you ever see that commercial again, look at that black kid. He'd be like, I want that purple stuff. I, that's drink, man. That is drink.
0: They want, they want drink. I all them vitamins, nigga, I went drink. Sugar, water, purple. <laughs> That's the ingredient, sugar, water,
1: and of course, purple.
0: It's too fucking much.
1: I got a lot of things to
0: talk about tonight. First of all, I've stopped smoking weed. With black people, you didn't let me finish, motherfuckers. Goddamn. I'm sorry, black people, to, to break the news so publicly, but I can't smoke with you anymore. Every time I smoke weed with my black friends, all you talk about is your trials and
1: tribulations. I'm sick of that shit. I got my own problems. Nigga, it's a waste of weed. I'm smoking weed to run away from my problems, not take on yours. From now on, I smoke
0: weed exclusively with white people. Calm down, motherfuckers. You win by default. You got good weed conversation. All white people talk about when they get high is other times that they got high. I can listen to that shit all night. Dude, remember at Frank's last week? It's fucking smashed,
1: man. And catalogs everything they drink
0: two shots of Jaeger, to kill four bomb hits men, beer, cheeseburger. That shit is great. The only bad part is you cannot pass out around white people. Every time white dudes pass out around each other, they always do some borderline gay shit when the guy's asleep. Frank fell asleep so he like stuck a carrot in his ass and put shaving cream on his balls. It's like, why, motherfucker, why would you do that to a friend of yours? He trusted you enough to sleep around you? You gonna put a carrot in his ass? Is that, is that
1: nice? I tell you right now, if I put a carrot in a black needle, a, a nigga will kill you when he wakes up for some shit like that. That is an automatic death sentence on the street. It's a rap for you. I'm gonna kill that motherfucker. I thought y'all was friends, baby. What happened? I, I, I fell asleep at his house, right? We was drinking, and I fell asleep at his house, and, and while I was sleeping, right gonna kill that motherfucker, alright? That's all you need to know. And fuck carrots. I have been arguing with the whites my entire career. And just when I thought I had you guys on the ropes, you changed all the rules. Oh, yeah? Yeah, motherfucker. Well, I'm a girl now, nigger, and you must treat me as such. <laughs> Call me a girl, nigger. annoying as fuck. No, no. Go back. Go back tonight after the show. Watch every special I did on Netflix. Listen to everything I ever said about that community. I'll go through them. I said, how much do I have to participate in your self-image? I said, you shouldn't discuss this in front of black people. I said, I know niggas in Brooklyn that wear high heels just to feel safe. I asked you, why is it easier for Bruce Jenner to change his gender than it is for Cassius Clay to change his name? If you listen to what I'm saying I'm not even talking about them I'm talking about us And they don't listen It's very annoying And they've cancelled people That are more powerful than me They cancelled J.K. Rowling My God, J.K. Rowling Wrote all the Harry Potter books by herself She sold so many books The Bible worries about her And they canceled her because she said in an interview, and this is not exactly what she said, but effectually, she said, gender was a fact. And then the trans community got mad as shit. They started calling her a TERF. I didn't even know what the fuck that was. But I know that trans people make up words to win arguments. So I looked it up. TERF is an acronym. Stands for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist. This is a real thing. This is a group of women that hate transgender. They don't hate transgender women, but they look at trans women the way we blacks might look at blackface. It offends them. Like, ooh, this bitch is doing an impression of me. Now, I shouldn't speak on this because I am not a woman, nor am I a trans. But as we've established, I am a feminist. That's right. I'm Team Turf. I agree. I agree, man. Gender is a fact. You have to look at it from a woman's perspective. Look at it like this. Caitlyn Jenner, whom I've met, wonderful person. Caitlyn Jenner was voted Woman of the Year. Her first year as a woman. Ain't that something? Beat every bitch in Detroit. She's better than all of you. Never even had a period, ain't that something? Oh, I'd be mad as shit if I was a woman. I'd be mad if I was me. If I was in a BET Awards sitting there and they're like, "And the winner for nigger of the year. Eminem, my man. Gender is a fact, this is a fact. Every human being in this room, every human being on Earth, had to pass through the legs of a woman to be on earth that is a fact now i am not saying that to say that trans women aren't women i am just saying that those pussies that they got you know what i mean I'm not saying it's not pussy, but that's like beyond pussy or impossible pussy. You know what I mean? It tastes like pussy, but that's not quite what it is, is it? It's not blood, that's beet juice. (laughs) Oh, buddy, I'm in trouble now.
0: You know what I said? That's all I said. First of all, I'll tell you right now what I said. Uh, And I will tell you that this was not a joke. It's a true story. And I just happened I to tell her. All right, what happened was, I went to a gallery party, all right? all right? I don't know who in here has ever been rich before, but these are very nice parties. Uh, you know, wine and cheese and ball of conversation. And there was a few eccentric types, one of which was a very wealthy man that happened to be wearing a dress. I don't know what you call him, man. It was a tranny or a dra- drag queen, perhaps. Whatever it was, he definitely a man. And this man was definitely on drugs. I don't know what kind of drugs he's on, but I knew he had too much. He didn't look good. It's like this, he's like, ah. He looked sick. And all his friends were standing around him, concerned, trying to revive him. I don't know whether it looked like some kind of gay CPR, just fanning and shit. I saw all this from a distance. Now, I should have minded my own business, but I got curious. I was like, And I went over there. All I said, I said, excuse me, gentlemen, gentlemen, is he okay? And then they looked at me like I was evil. She is fine. Say said, word? Oh. I'm sorry, I didn't know this is what we were doing. Um, here's my thing. I would support anybody's right to be whoever they feel like they are inside. I'm your ally in that, however, my question is, to what degree do I have to participate in your self-image? Is it fair that I have to change my whole pronoun game up for this motherfucker? That doesn't make sense, seriously. If I put on an Argyle sweater and I'm like, hey, everybody, I feel like a white guy in the sweater and I want some goddamn respect and a bank loan. That's not gonna work. Give a fuck how I feel, why don't I give a fuck how you feel? Nigger is a pronoun. But there was no time for philosophical debate. This was an emergency situation. I said, fine, sorry guys. I was just worried because, because she looks terrible. And she just fell off the bench. Appears that her dick is popping out of her dress. <laughs> Mind right, if I call an ambulance, champ? I'd rather not be at a party where a tranny ODs. There's too many questions to answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've been through this before. I had a friend from high school. Now. In high school, this guy was a thug, right? He was a fucking dope boy. He did it all. He's a wild dude. People used to be very scared of him. And then after high school, word on the street was he'd come out the closet. I personally didn't believe him. I bring him up because last year... He calls me out of the blue like, yo, what's up, man? I got your number from so-and-so, and and I heard you are gonna be in New York doing a show. Could I get some tickets? I was like, fuck yeah, get some tickets, man. How you been? He said, well, we'll catch up at the show, man, but yo, I appreciate it. I'll see you soon. I said, all right, man, take care. And I was about to hang up, and I couldn't resist. I was just like, hey, nigga, I heard you was gay. What's going on with that? (laughs) And I wish I didn't ask, because he sounded like he was dying to talk about that shit. And he had a long story about it and it's not that I didn't care, but I was, you know, I don't like talking on the phone I was watching TV at the same time So I just wasn't really paying attention like I should but I was trying to sound supportive but I didn't really know what to say. So I was just like mumbling shit throughout this conversation I just But like, eh, you know nigga you gay man. You just gay This went on for a while and then finally I had to say something like definitive to get him off the phone. And I was like, hey man, you know what? Don't let people get you down, all right? And uh, the next time someone tries to make you feel bad about yourself, just remember, everybody fucks funny to somebody. He didn't like that shit. He's like, what the fuck does that mean? I said, huh? he said, you saying I fuck funny, motherfucker? I said, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying everybody's different. He said, you ain't say different, nigga. You say said funny. What's so fucking funny about the way I fuck? And I said, "Amen. Hey, man, I fuck feet. He said, what? Oh, this is not a joke, ladies and gentlemen. I get women to squeeze their feet together like this, and I fuck them right in that little space in their feet. But you can't build a community behind that shit. There's no flag for us. (laughs) That shit made him laugh. Next day, day, after after the show, I saw him backstage. He was like, yo, what's up, man? I'm like, oh shit, what's going on? And he had his buddy with him. He goes, Dave, I want you to meet Manuel. Manuel's my fiance. We're in New York getting married, because it's legal here. I said, oh, oh, well, uh, congratulations, fellas. And Manuel was like, gracias. And he went to go get some drinks. And then my buddy looked at me, He was like, so Dave, what do you think? And I started mumbling again. Hey, you're gay, nigga, you know, you're just gay. Uh. He said, yeah, I'm a little nervous about getting married, man, it's a big step. I said, yeah, it is, it's a big step. He said, well, you've been married for a while. You got any advice for us? No, I'm married to a woman. Sorry about that. (laughs) And he corrected me. He said, no, you married the person that you love. So it's essentially the same. I said, you know, man, uh, the problem with that statement is that it makes the assumption that I love her. But. (laughs) You guys lighten the fuck up. Of course I love my wife. She laughs at this shit. As a matter of fact, she eats and spends this shit. <sighs> you know what I told him? I told, I told him. I said, you know what you should do, man? First of all, you, should, you shouldn't do it. Uh, I'm talking about being legally married. It's not that you're gay as much as just legal marriage is a fucking diabolical leverage game in the United States. Uh, I'm just being honest. It's devoid of religious significance or the idea of love. Marriage is nothing but an awful contract that you shouldn't sign. I'm just being real. Because you start out loving each other and then like two years later you're just building a case against one another. For a hypothetical court date that may or may not ever happen. You throw being gay on top of that, that shit is explosive. Like it's that Ray Rice shit. Okay, right after Ray Rice went through all that shit, I was at a party and I met this kid Michael Sands. You know Michael Sands? Very nice guy. He's the first openly gay NFL player. And Mike's a very nice guy. Very brave guy. But when I met him, I couldn't help but thinking, now what's going to happen when Michael Sams beats his wife up in the elevator? Is that domestic violence? Or is that just two niggas working shit out in the elevator? You know what I mean? (laughs) Anyway, I give all married men the same advice, gay or straight. Get a dog. This dog will love you all the time, but she's not going to. It's real talk. I, mean, I, didn't even, I didn't even know about dogs. When my kids got the dog. They brought him home from the shelter. And I didn't even want him. They're like, can we keep him? I said, nope. I said, where would you even get this dog? They're like, we got him from the shelter. I was like, ew. Probably something wrong with him. Can't keep them. And then my kids started crying and screaming like the dog had gambling debts. Please, Dad, if you don't let us keep them, they're going to kill them. I said, all right, you can keep them. And this dog was a menace. I hated his guts. Then one night I smoked a bunch of weed and I was eating a sandwich. And Baba came over. Baba's a dog. He came over and was staring at me. This would make you very uncomfortable if you're just looking at you. (laughs) I had to give him a piece of my sandwich so he'd go away. And that's how we became friends. Now, if you see me walking down the street with Baba, I ain't got no leash or nothing. He walks right next to me. If I I stop, he'll stop. And if I go, he'll go. And all my friends are like, yo, Dave, that shit is dope. How you train Baba to do that shit? Mm -hmm. I've never trained Baba. Just a messy eater. If I drop food and Baba's not around, all I got to do is call him. Baba! He's a black dude's dog, so he doesn't come right away. He peeks first to see what's going on. I got to tap my foot so we can see the food. Over here, little buddy. And he's like, thanks, Dave. You know, come get it and run off. Uh, uh, duh. Hey, duh. If you do anything wrong in your life, duh, and I find out about it, I'm going to try to take everything away from you. And I don't care what I find out. It could be today, tomorrow, 15, 20 years from now. If I find out, you're fucking, duh, finished. Who was that? That's you! That's what the audience sounds like to me! That's why I don't be coming out doing comedy all the time, because y'all niggas is the worst motherfuckers I've ever tried to entertain in
1: my fucking life!
2: Are you surprised, though, by the by the criticism that's that's come your way?
0: No. And I don't mind that that people get upset. Some of this criticism, like, is helpful. Like, I get educated by it. I don't necessarily agree with all of it, but I learn about a lot of things, you know, just from my. I swear to God, this might be the noblest of professions. Robin Williams had a bar that I loved. He said comedy is the only job you can have where you can use everything you know, and that's true. You can use more than you know. You can use what you think. Use it. Don't be afraid. Don't let these bitch-ass niggas button your lip. Say it anyway. It was 400 years to figure out as a people that white man's weakness the whole time was kneeling during the National Anthem. <laughs> That's a brittle spirit. That's right, nigga. On the rock, it's regular. Ah! Ah! A comedy
2: that things happen to someone else, that's not, that's not necessarily funny.
0: Look at it this way. I grew up in the crack epidemic. I tell jokes about it. I grew up in the crack epidemic and now there's an opioid epidemic. Are they treating the opioid epidemic the way that they treated the crack epidemic? No, this is a national health emergency. Well, we were coming up, we were policed by the National Guard, addicts were criminals. Now they understand addicts are sick people, and maybe it's because the demographic of the opioid epidemic is not the same demographic of the crack epidemic. Racially, I mean, you talking about race. Right. So now that your community is getting destroyed, is a whole nother ball game. And then you have it's a huge window of empathy. Oh my God, we can see each other. We both went through similar pain. But I'm just saying, everything's funny. What happens? He was more about. It's more about empathy, that you, you're there but for the grace. But you guys got to remember, I'm not saying it to be mean. I'm saying it because it's funny. <laughs> and everything's funny till it happens to you. I'm not afraid of other people's freedom of expression. I don't use it as a weapon. It just makes me feel better. And I'm sorry if I hurt anybody, et cetera, et cetera, yada, yada, yada. Everything I'm supposed to But there's a more important reason that I would stop doing comedy right now. And this reason is the real reason that's been percolating, and and it really is the crowd, not you. I'm talking about the crowd on the big stage. It's too hard to entertain a country whose ears are so brittle. Motherfuckers are so sensitive, the whole country has turned into bitch-ass niggas. Everything you say upsets somebody. You know, I can remember when it all started. It was when I was doing Chappelle show. When I was doing Chappelle show, I used to do the show and then on the weekends i do like concerts and shit like that. So I'm doing a concert and there was a couple in the front row, beautiful couple. The wife, wife was obviously Asian. You could see it in her face. The husband, this
1: motherfucker was mysterious to say the least, couldn't quite pinpoint where he was from. Caramel colored fella, very nice hair, but he could have been from anywhere, Bangladesh, Mexico. I can't guess with a nigga like this. All I knew for sure
0: about this guy is that his wife was a bitch. I could see that in her face too. No, he
1: was laughing and having a good time, and she was scowling at me at a goddamn comedy show. I couldn't figure it out. And then I realized at some point that she was pregnant, and I was smoking on stage. I said, oh my God, that's probably why she's mad. So I
0: started to put my cigarette out, but then she hit me with one of them fake non-smoker calls.
1: (laughs) So I just kept smoking. I thought to myself, bitch, that babe will be fine, relax. And I
0: tried to break the tension, I just asked her. That's all I said, I go, hey, where are you guys from anyway? And I could tell that she was on to me. She goes, very condescendingly, she says, I'm from California. If you're asking my ethnicity, I am Chinese. And her husband was just cool about the shit. He was like, I'm Mexican, bro. I said, well, I'm sorry if I offended you by asking But you're a very beautiful couple. And Miss, there's no question that you're going to give birth to the hardest working baby this world has ever seen.
1: That's not a bad joke. She got
0: very upset. She got up to leave immediately. But she didn't just leave. She had to take one last dig at me on the way out. I will never buy one of your fucking DVDs again, Dave Chappelle. I said, ma'am, with all due respect, Chinese people don't buy DVDs. <laughs> and the crowd went crazy. We have all laughing, having a good time. I didn't even think anything of it. And then just three days later, this lady sends a fucking letter to my promoter telling him not to book me for shows anymore because I was, quote, racist, huh? And, and I'm quoting her, insensitive to the nature of my interracial marriage.
1: I was like, word, bitch, I was.
0: (laughs) If she had just done a little bit of research, she would know that I myself am in an interracial marriage.
1: That's right. In fact, My wife is Asian, too. Surprise, bitch. I'll see you on Thanksgiving. (laughs) But my wife's not Chinese. She's Filipino.
0: That's right. That's right. And our kids are Puerto Rican somehow. So there you go. (laughs) I don't give a fuck about interracial In fact, you know what? My mother is half white. A lot of people don't know that. All right you were a little too excited, but okay A lot of people don't believe me when I say that, but it's true you can't tell looking at me But if I grew my hair out You would think you was at a fucking Cat Williams concert my shit is My shit is beautiful But motherfuckers are just taking it too far. I don't know why or how everybody got this goddamn sensitive. You know who hates me the most? The transgender
1: community. Grow up, that doesn't make me gay. I just titty fucked them. These titties are as real as any titties in LA. It's two o'clock in the morning. I was just borrowing a little friction from a stranger. Whoops. The madness of youth, it's the types of mistakes that a man makes when he's young. I wouldn't even know that it's necessarily a mistake. It was a wild night out, but I don't do it like that anymore. I'm old. I'm 44 now. It's the first time in my life I've ever like started to physically feel my age. You can. It's tough, man. You know how I'm getting old. This is embarrassing, but I was in my hotel room. I'm not gonna lie, I was jerking off. And I was like really sweating it out. (laughs) And this is when I knew I was old. I I just gave up in the middle, like nothing even happened. I I don't like looking at my dick anymore. My dick looks distinguished. It's old, an old looking dick. It's got salt and pepper hair all around it my dick looks like morgan Freeman in the 90s without the dots my dick narrates dave pulled me out and started jerking me around and jerking me around but not with the same as when he was young he and i both knew nothing was coming out I see my age and my children. I came home from the road, this is not long ago. I've been gone for, if you can picture, I was gone for weeks and weeks, and when I came back, uh, nobody was home. Not one person in my family thought that, uh, maybe I'd like to see them when I got back. Like, they knew when I was coming back, but they just weren't, they just weren't home. And that shit was a wake-up call. You know, like when my kids were little, And the tour tour bus bus would pull up to the house. These motherfuckers would spill out. (laughs) Dad, is home. Hooray! And they'd hug me and kiss me. And then, as the years went on, they'd get less interested. Hey, everybody, look. It's Mr. Promises, back from the road. But empty house, that's that's some cold shit. And I went into my oldest son's room. I was like, hello, hello. He was gone. And I'd never done this thing before, but for some reason I just did it. I just just looked through his shit. Just to see who this motherfucker was becoming. And I found these notebooks and I started going through the notebooks and it was all this wonderful poetry in them. Written as his handwriting. I didn't even know this nigga wrote poems. And then I looked through his drawers and I opened up his middle drawer. And I found his rolling paper. And I looked down at them papers, like, oh, that's where that poetry's coming from. And that shit broke my heart. I mean, I smoked weed, but I mourned my son's innocence. And I cried a little bit. And I took his papers upstairs to my room, rolled some weed that I'd hid from the family. And I got really high. And then I got paranoid. So I put his papers back how I found (laughs) them. So he wouldn't know what I was up to. This nigga won't even know that that happened until he sees the special. (laughs) Dad nigga, I found your papers. (laughs) He's a cold motherfucker. Let me tell you, this kid is only 16 years old. Listen to what he did to me. This motherfucker calls me up in the middle of the night. It was one o'clock in the morning. He goes, Dad, don't be mad. I knew something was... I said, what's going on? He said, listen, I'm fine. And don't forget, you told me to do this. I'm at a party and my designated driver had too much to drink. And me and my friends need you to come pick us up. I said, Jesus Christ, it's one o'clock in the morning, nigga, I am shit-faced. But then I figured, fuck, it's better me than some kid. I might as well roll the dice and go pick my nigga up. I said, all right, I'm coming to get you. Just give me the address and I'll be right there. And then he gave me the address and I was was shocked. I said, son, you are not going to believe this, but I'm at the same party, nigga.
0: They grow fast, don't. Can I ask you a weird question? I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. You don't have to answer it, and if it doesn't go well, we'll just edit it out anyway. Is it weird to be the only white people in a row? Is it weird? I mean, you be honest. Does it feel strange? Are you worried at all? Give me your money, motherfucker. I'm I'm talking about ice. This guy got ice in his veins. He didn't even buckle. You know, like many black men my age, the first time I voted was eight years ago. I saw Obama on TV and said, oh, I'm voting for this nigga. I remember the day I voted for Obama. I voted in Ohio and my vote matters in Ohio. Ohio is a battleground state, but when I pulled up through the poles, all the soldiers were in line. There were so many black people in that goddamn line, I didn't even know it was a poll. I thought it was a check cashing place. <laughs> we were hugging each other and old people were singing hymns and spirituals. They verdict times 10 or some shit. I've never seen black people that happen. Eight years later, I'm pulling up to the polls again. This time I'm driving a brand new Porsche because the Obama years were very good to me. I was early voting. And when I parked my car, I figured out something that it would take the rest of the country another week to figure out. I understood that Donald Trump was going to be our next president because in Ohio, unlike D.C., you could see the results in the parking lot. Saw these goddamn pickup trucks and tractors and shit. And then I walked up and I saw a long, long line of dusty white people. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, these were the poor whites. I must tell you, I've never had a problem with white people ever in my life. But full disclosure, we've gotten a lot of trouble out of them. And I've never seen so many of them up close. I looked them right in their coal-smeared faces. (laughs) And to my surprise, you know what I didn't see? I didn't see one deplorable face in that group. I saw some angry faces and some determined faces, but they felt like decent folk. No, they did. In fact, I'm not even lying. and I didn't sound fucked up, but I felt sorry for them. I know the game now. I know that rich white people call poor white people trash. And the only reason I know that is because I made so much money last year. The rich whites told me they say it at a cocktail party. And I'm not with that shit. And I stood with them in line like all of us Americans are required to do in a democracy. Nobody skips the line to vote. And I listened to them. I listen to him say naive, poor white people things. Man, Donald Trump's gonna go to Washington and he's gonna, then it everything thinking to my mind, you dumb motherfucker. You are poor. He's fighting for me.
1: Goddamn sick of it. This is the worst time ever to be a celebrity. You're going to be finished. Everyone's doomed. Michael Jackson has been dead for 10 years and this nigga has two new cases. And if you haven't watched that documentary, uh then I'm begging you, don't watch it. It's fucking gross. I felt like HBO was sticking baby dicks in my ears before I was straight. Really nasty shit. I don't want to know all these things. Turns out, uh, Michael Jackson allegedly likes a long gander at the anus. they said he stares at people's buttholes. That's what they said. That's how gross the documentary was. I'm going to say something that I'm not allowed to say, but I got to be real. I don't believe these motherfuckers. I do not believe But let me qualify the statement. I, I am what's known on the streets as a victim blamer. You know what I mean? If somebody come up to me like, Dave, Dave, Chris Brown just beat up Rihanna. I'll be like, well, what did she do? <laughs> Dave, Michael Jackson was molesting the children. Well, what were those kids wearing at the time? I don't think he did it. But you know what? Even if he did do it, You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I mean, it's Michael Jackson. I know more than half the people in this room have been molested in their lives. But it wasn't no goddamn Michael Jackson, was it? This kid got his dick sucked by the King of Pop. All we get is awkward thanksgivings for the rest of our lives. You know how good it must have felt to go to school the next day after that shit? Hey, Billy, how was the weekend? How was my weekend? Michael Jackson sucks my dick. And that was my first sexual experience. If I'm starting here, then sky's the limit. I know it seems harsh, but man, somebody's got to teach these kids. There's no such thing as a free trip to Hawaii. (laughs) He's going to want to look at your butthole or something. (laughs) You know why I don't believe it? You know why I don't believe it? Because if Michael Jackson's out here doing all this molesting, then, then why not Macaulay Culkin, hmm? Macaulay Culkin stated in an interview that Michael Jackson never did anything inappropriate with him or even around him. Think about that shit. You know, I'm not a pedophile. But if I was, Macaulay Culkin's the first kid I'm fucking, I'll tell you that right now. I'd be a goddamn hero. Hey, that guy over there fucked the kid from Home Alone. And you know how hard he is to (laughs) cash. My mind's telling me no. Uh, Okay, R. Kelly is different. You know, if I'm a betting man, I'm gonna put my money on. He probably did that shit. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did that shit. You know, it was bad. Okay, so a couple years ago, I was doing a show in Detroit, and I'm sitting backstage in my dressing room. A friend of mine comes by. This chick, Dream Hampton, Dream uh, tells me right before I'm going on stage, she goes, "Dave, I'm working on a documentary on about R. Kelly. Would you like to be in it?" And I was like, "Nah, bitch, I'm cool." I went on stage, I just forgot about the shit. And then two years later, the documentary comes out, Surviving R. Kelly. And when it comes out, Dream's promoting the shit, and she keeps bringing me up. She said, I asked Dave Chappelle to be in my documentary, and he said it was too hot for TV. Bitch, I did not say that. That does not even sound like how I talk. Oh, that's too hot for TV? I would never say that shit. But I'm gonna tell you guys why I wasn't in the documentary. It's a very simple reason, and uh, I cannot stress this point enough. The only reason that I didn't do it was because, and it's very important, I don't know this nigga at all. I don't know anything. I don't know anything that they don't tell me about. I don't hang out with this nigga, nothing. So what the fuck do I got to be in the documentary for? This guy, uh, Kelly, got another sex tape out now. Can you believe that shit? This guy makes more sex tapes than he does music. He's like the DJ Khaled of sex tapes. Another one. Like, damn. it's a... a lot of tapes. The new one's so bad that they didn't even show it. I've never seen anything like this. The prosecutor in Chicago came out in a press conference and read to the media a transcript of a sex tape. Have you ever heard of such a thing? This nigga read the sex tape. And it was so bad that R. Kelly sounded guilty in the transcripts. It's fucking amazing. 16 times the girl's age was mentioned. Isn't that crazy? This motherfucker is an idiot, he was fucking like, yeah, this is the best 14-year-old pussy I've ever had in my life. And she was like, you like this 14-year-old pussy? He's like, oh yeah, I love this 14 I'm like, man, you need to shut the fuck up. You gotta give your lawyer something to work with. You're supposed to be on the tape like, this is the best 36-year-old pussy I've ever had in my life. And then your lawyer gonna be like, your honor, clearly my client thought that this woman was 36. As he mentioned some 16 times in the tape they gonna know you lying though, you know what I mean? Everybody knows no such thing as good 36-year-old pussy. <laughs> Doesn't matter what I say, and if you at home watching this shit on Netflix, remember bitch, you clicked on my face.
0: Thank you very much for being here. Uh, But before I start tonight, I just wanted to read a brief statement that I prepared. I denounce anti-Semitism in all its forms. And I stand with my friends in the Jewish community. And that, Kanye, is how you buy yourself some time. got to tell you guys, I've probably been doing this uh, 35 years now. And early in my career, I learned that there are two words in the English language that you should never say together in sequence. And those words are the and juice. I've never heard someone do good after they said that. he's gotten into some scrapes before normally when he when he's in trouble I pull up I pull up immediately but this time I was like you know what uh, let me see what's going to happen first I just want to see where this is all going <laughs> I can't even remember how it started vaguely I remember it started with a tweet strange tweet it was like um, I'm feeling a little sleepy
2: I'm
0: going to give me some rest but When I wake up, I'm going to go CON 3 on the Jews. And then he just went to bed. I was up all night worried. What is he going to do to the Jews? I grew up around Jewish people. I have a lot of Jewish friends. So I'm not freaked out by your culture. I know a little bit about it just from hanging around. I'd be like, yo, yo, let's go out at school tomorrow. They'd be like, we can't go out at shanana tomorrow. I'm like, what? <laughs> what is shanana? I had so many questions. Why do some of your people dress like Run DMC? <laughs> Kanye woke up from that nap. we went right to work. A year ago, I'd seen him on a podcast called Drink Champs, a uh, great show, uh, and, and it, was, it was an amazing appearance. Uh, Noriega and them were there, the rappers that I love, and they all had their gold chains and stuff on, and uh, Kanye said, only millionaires wear chains. They said, what? He said, I'm a billionaire. Billionaires don't wear their money on their body. I took my chain and I said, oh, snap. <laughs> yeah. It was a good appearance. It was fun and funny. But when he woke up, he went on Drink Champs again. This time, he was on one. He was mad about something. He said, I can say anti-Semitic things, and Adidas can't drop me. Now what? Adidas dropped that nigga immediately. Ironically, Adidas was founded by Nazis. And they were offended. I guess the students surpassed past the teacher. It's a big deal. The Brooklyn show business rules. Is this is a rule. You know, the rules of perception. If, if they're black, then it's a game. If they're Italian, it's a mob, but if they're Jewish, it's a coincidence and you should never speak about it. Kyrie <laughs> got in so much trouble, Kyrie got in trouble. <laughs> Kyrie, Kyrie Irving posted a, a, a link to a movie that he had seen on Amazon. No caption on the post or nothing like that. But apparently this movie had some, I don't know, anti-Semitic tropes or something. And it was some weird title, totally like from Hebrew to Negro or something. And the NBA told me you should apologize. And he was slow to apologize. And then the list of demands to get back in their good graces got longer and longer. And this, this is where, you know, I draw the line. I know the Jewish people have been through terrible things all over the world, but but, but, but you can't blame that on black, black Americans. You just, you just can't. You know what I mean? Daddy. Thanks to the one person that said that. He... <laughs> a fair punishment would be he should just post a link to Schindler's List and y'all write your own <laughs> captions. <laughs> Kyrie Irving's black ass was nowhere near the Holocaust. In fact, he's not even certain it existed. I saw one news pundit screaming about Kanye. She said, Mental health is no excuse for that type of language. Yes, it is, bitch. You kill somebody if you're mentally ill. Listen, okay, I don't think Kanye is crazy at all. I think he's possibly not well. I've been to Hollywood. No one wants y'all to get mad at me, I'm just telling you. I've been to Hollywood, this is just what I saw. It's a lot of juice. There's a lot of black people in Ferguson, Missouri. That made me run a place. <laughs> I could see if you had some kind of issue, you know what I mean? You might go out to Hollywood and your mind might start connecting some kind of lines and you could maybe adopt the delusion that the Jews run show business. It's not a crazy thing to think. It's a crazy thing to say out loud in a climate like this. <laughs> now the midterms are over, and it's crazy climate. And I got to tell you, uh, I feel like this midterm, like all of humanity depends on it. And it's an ominous sign. The most ominous sign in the midterms, I believe, would be Herschel Walker, who I, I don't want to speak badly of because he's black but I have to admit he's um, he's observably stupid even when he's not talking his mouth be open a little bit Like <laughs> he's the kind of guy that looks like he thinks before he makes a move on tic-tac-toe And I'm watching the news now, they're declaring the end of the Trump era. Now, okay, I can see how in New York, you might believe this is the end of his era. I'm I'm just being honest with you. I live in Ohio amongst the poor whites. A lot of you don't understand why Trump was so popular, but I I get it because I hear it every day. He's very loved. And the reason he's loved is because people in Ohio have never seen somebody like him. He's what I call an honest liar. Well, I'm not joking right now. He's an honest liar. That first debate, that first debate, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen a white male billionaire screaming at the top of his lungs. This whole system is wrecked," he said. And across the stage was white woman Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, sitting over there looking at him like, no, it's not. I said, now, wait a minute, bro. It's what he said. And the moderator said, well, Mr. Trump, if, in fact, the system is rigged, as you suggest, what would be your evidence? Remember what he said, bro? He said, I know the system is rigged because I use it. I said, God damn. And then he pulled out an Illuminati membership card and chopped a line of cocaine up and did it right into the podium. No one had ever heard someone say something that true. And then Hillary Clinton tried to punch him in the taxes. She said, this man doesn't pay his taxes. He shot right back. That makes me smart. <laughs> I remember reading somewhere he was like, I've never heard of Dave Chappelle. Oh, I, yes, he did say even that. And I was like, like word. Yeah. <laughs>
3: From New York, April
4: in the morning, on Hot 97. Let's go. We go on. You don't need no prep, Dave. Uh, all right, Dave's on time Toronto's today. Mike's there. there you go. Check,
0: check. check. Yes, yes, yes. Dave, you're on time, man. Of course. of course, I'm 44 years old now. <laughs> I'm a goddamn professional.
4: <laughs> you do realize that f bombs, uh, uh, mfers, um, uh, insertion in any orifice. Uh, we can't do any of that. Oh, this is live. Yeah, yeah we're yeah, live. are yeah. right New York lying. City, 5 million people listening right
5: people now. People are driving their kids to school, you know, on the way to work.
0: All right. Plus, all we're right. streamed around the world, too. Duly noted. My fault. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't do anything yet. Your fault. Not yet. Not yet.
4: Dave Chappelle, ladies and gentlemen, is, is doing so many shows here in New York City. I made sure to print them out because I knew he doesn't I knew know. he was going to walk yeah. in and go,
0: I, I don't quite know which show. <laughs> I mean, I know what's going on, but it's it's a lot of moving parts in this run.
4: So can I ask you a question? What made you? And I mean, you've done it before, but what is the joy you have bringing the music and the comedy
0: together? Well, all right, just like all of you, I'm a I'm a fan of music. Yeah, and uh, you know, from Chappelle Show, like a lot of these people that I'm working with are friends of mine. If I don't know them personally, then I'm at least at the very least a, a admirer of them. And it's good, man, when people get together. And a lot of egos have to be pushed aside for us to all be able to work together. And It is a joy, man.
6: But that's got... Is it like an extra bonus? Like, you you knew you wanted to be successful in comedy, but then you've gotten to play this awesome sort of hip-hop ambassador role as sort of a bonus. Like, everyone in hip-hop loves Chappelle, and is willing to put their thing aside to come do your show, which is pretty cool.
0: I mean, well, it's like everyone in the room, we're all part of the culture. We might not rhyme and stuff, but you know what I mean? Like... If you have commentary on a rap record, people will give you legitimacy because you've proven that you, you know, you're aware of this culture. You commentate on it, you know. But for me, is I wouldn't even consider myself an ambassador. I, I'm I'm a fan like everybody else of this music, and and I'm lucky enough to get to know some of the best practitioners of of this genre. And you have you some of these practitioners you doing, doing your shows? Oh yes, I do. Uh, some of the very best. You and it's also the first time that. I'll be co-headlining with like Chris Rock. Guys, that big don't ever get to do shows together. So like, me and Chris are going to do two nights together. We got some special guests coming through. This is going to be a swell time. And, and uh, are are tickets still available? There are still t- tickets available, Corey? Yes, but they're going like hotcakes in New York. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up, get to the internet, run to the phone. Tickets are selling out. Of f- <laughs> this
4: is the official Dave Chappelle taking over Ebro in the morning. Uh, we're going to wake Dave up. We're going to be back. New cameras. Just, what are these new cameras you brought in for?
0: Well, you know, if you do something this big, you got to document it. You don't do this every year in your career. The thing is, this is a special year for me. The end of this run will be my, my 44th birthday, the last okay. night of this run. Wow. Which will mark the beginning of my 30th anniversary in comedy. Wow. Yes. Like, You know what I mean? This is yeah, if I was a military guy, I could retire now. Right, right, Get right. a swell pension. As a matter of fact, as a comedian. <laughs> a swell pension. I could retire right now. So I think you
6: could, Dave, if you wanted to retire. I think you'd be straight. Some would say you did retire for about 12 years before
0: coming back. Well, unbeknownst to them, I was slaving away. <laughs> was, hey, everybody, listening to Hot 97, apparently with hip-hop and R&B
2: live.
0: <laughs> I'm comedian Dave Chappelle. I'm joining Ebro and the gang this morning promoting my upcoming Radio City run, which is going to be epic. Now, Ebro, you would ask me earlier who are some of the people participating. Starting tomorrow night, for the next four nights, I will be there with The Roots. Join The Roots, of course. Yeah! Nice. We'll be special guest Lil Wayne. Wow. Ice Cube, Common. The young Vince Staples. Ah. Love Vince, love Vince. Uh, big Boy from Outkast and many more. And then... The weekend saturday and sunday i'll be there with chris rock following week august 9th the lovely miss erica badu joins us and then on august 15th we have a very special guest oh wow this guest is so special wait has this been announced yet oh announced i believe it might even be sold out and nobody even knows who the special guest is and the guest is so special that I can't even say who it is. Oh, oh
4: damn. I was going to give you a drum roll in there. I had a flex bomb. Hey, oh, so, it's the flex bomb anyway. in it's, 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 it's a it's, special guest. It's
5: very special guest. Well, it's a
0: very special guest. It's a very special occasion. What do you think I'm going to bring out? You know, Ladies and gentlemen, Chubby Checker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. It's going to be great. Now, Dave, question. Um, this many shows,
4: Radio City, unprecedented for a comedian, yes? Yeah. Nobody's ever done this before.
0: Someone has. I shouldn't say. I believe Bill Cosby has the record for the year. (sighs) (laughs) That's that's hilarious. (laughs) I mean, Rosenberg, you were really quick with that one, too. Oh, boy, yeah. Yeah, but, no, but actually I think that at the end of this run, we will exceed that, uh, that attendance record. This is pretty cool. Yeah.
6: And all is it extra special that it's
0: Radio City? There's a certain aura of Radio City. That, that venue does mean a lot to me. You know, like the first time that I did a show uh, that was larger than a comedy club was at Radio City. I was 19. I was opening for Aretha Franklin. And then I didn't come back to Radio City to whatever that run we did three years ago. Two, three years ago. Wow. Yeah, it's a special place, man. It is.
6: It is. A lot of people don't realize just how long your run in comedy was we had uh, I had interviewed david allen greer a couple weeks ago and he was talking about you doing show you guys being on the same shows when you were like 16 years old 15 years old right yeah man I mean, i'm like
0: yeah i'm like because i was so much younger than my peer group you know i've been around for a long time but you know also, I go through this thing where I feel like I'm older than I am because my peer group is like a decade ahead of me.
6: Well, I say David Allen Greer, for example, you've known him for thirty years. Remember, he's fifty-eight or something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's
4: like it's like that. Damn, you just threw fifty-eight on. You sure he's fifty-eight? He he was shockingly old. He told when he told me, I was like,
6: whoa, he, maybe sixty. Shock? That's not shock. I was shocked. I was shocked that David Allen Greer
0: was sixty-two. I remember one time I was sitting with Eddie Murphy watching television, and and like Sanford and was on. And he goes, I am as old now as Red Fox was on the first season of San I was like, oh my God, he goes, I am as old now as Carol O'Connor was on the first season of All in the Family. Jeez. Yeah, but Eddie look like Eddie. He still looks the same. He insane. really does. Yeah, we eat something. We eat better or like even more money. Yeah.
4: definitely more money. Yeah. <laughs> definitely more money, oxygen chambers, nutritionists. <laughs> that, no, he's
0: right, though. He's right. You know, people of affluence don't age the same way as the people. You know what I mean? But he, I would say, Dave, you don't, you don't strike
6: me as necessarily a nutritionist kind of guy. Oh, absolutely not. But,
0: I mean, but I live well. You do live very well. Yeah, and and, and I have effectively minimized my stress. I exercise. And all these factors, I think, will contribute to my quality of life. Maybe not the length of my life, but who knows? I can get by a bus. Catch some kind of wild cold or Zika or something. I don't know what's going to happen. So I just don't worry about it. I just, I just chill and do shows that I dream about. It's like a fantasy show. I'm like living the dream. Well, you know
6: that um, our good friend Cypher uh, Sounds often, yeah. often tells me about you. His favorite thing about being around you is that you live the ultimate life in that you do exactly what you want to do on the timeline you want to do it. Well, it sure looks that way.
2: It <laughs> really does. No.
6: You go to all the fights. You love fights, right? So you always go to all the fights. Will you be at McGregor Mayweather?
0: Okay, that fight I might not actually attend. Because you're worried it could, like, devolve into, like, a Bo Galata riot or something? No, because it has all the suspense of a Globetrotter game. <laughs> <laughs> wait, so are
5: you going to watch it at all?
0: Yeah,
4: hell yeah, I'm okay, going to watch it. Yeah. All right, wait, wait, wait. Let's start with Saturday. You guys were both in the building in Brooklyn, yeah? Yes. Dave, you went. Laura, you went. Yeah. Laura, how did you feel about the fight?
5: Well, I told you guys. See, we had just had the interview with Adrian Broner here, so I felt a little different about him. Like, I, I felt sorry for him. Everybody looks at me like I'm crazy because I felt sorry for him. But why? Because I felt like when we brought up the mental health issues and then, you know, the way he was just reacting. and I You guys felt,
0: brought up mental health issues? Well, we, kind we had to. Yeah, we had
5: to. He
4: threatened to commit suicide. He was he, had a, he put a gun on the gram and was bugging out. Oh, I didn't know that.
5: Keep yeah, on. and I just kind of felt he like you we were talking about how so many people depend on him, and I feel like everybody's using him, and I don't know. I just I had this character in my head, okay? You guys
0: went that deep on morning radio? When? With Adrian yeah. Broner. <laughs> no, like, all the time. I thought people were driving the kids to school. And what about
4: all listen, that stuff? Listen. They got to learn, man. They got
5: to so learn. So when I was at the fight, I was feeling different. I didn't know that the whole entire Barclay Center hated him. Everybody, Nobody was rooting for him, and he lost the entire fight
0: well i wouldn't say nobody was rooting it was
5: for quiet in there at least on my side
0: it was quiet because you know the fight wasn't that eventful for a casual boxing fan a real boxing fan is going to f- at least get caught up in the suspense of can these guys accomplish the things they're trying to accomplish within the parameters of a given round but a casual boxing fan doesn't understand like why are they punching each other
5: at one point Garcia was like, hit me, hit me. Boom, boom, boom,
0: boom. I did not hear him talking in there. Did you hear Mikey? I read his lips. I, say <laughs> I did not see Mike in there talking. Hit me, I say. Rocky dialogue. Wait, so are, are you, so are you, you're not interested. You're not particularly interested or excited by Mayweather McGregor. Okay. No, no, I didn't say that. I mean, it's exciting, but it's just like, I'm not going to go and, I mean, listen, man. Listen, Floyd Mayweather's probably training as we speak. Yes. And as he's training, do you know what Conor McGregor's doing? Learning how to box. <laughs> right, 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 He can fight a guy that was born with boxing gloves on. Right. 10-ounce gloves. So it's just like, he's, I just don't see how McGregor can do it. And in your situation, when
6: you go to a fight, you sit in the most expensive seats in the house. And are they always comped when you get those seats? You sometimes have to pay, right? Of course. Yes. So you have to weigh If you're going to buy the most expensive ticket, is it worth it to drop 70 grand to go watch this
0: fiasco? Now, I will say about the McGregor-Mayweather fight, it's such a spectacle that that in and of itself is worth seeing. That I feel like no matter what happens, Conor is a very big winner and talked himself into a lot, of, a lot of money. This is his first fight, and he gets to fight the very best. And I just feel like that's what the fight's going to look
6: like. Yeah, I I agree with you. Do you, uh, we got a little bit weirded out when the the
4: racial overtones have gotten a little. You said it off the air earlier, but I'll say it. Boxing's racist and been racist a long time. I'm going with Floyd Mayweather just because he's black, not because I like him as a person. And I know he's a better fighter.
0: You know, I honestly, man, the racial overtones, I mean, for what I do, my ears are a lot less sensitive than most people's. And in my heart of hearts, I believe that these guys are, are great fighters. You know, McGregor's from a different genre of fighting, but it's not like I don't respect what he does. I just don't think he's as good at boxing. Boxing, specifically. Right. So a lot of people will say Floyd Mayweather should act a certain way because of his stature or his celebrity. And I propose that perhaps his excellence is his message because he's really, really good at boxing. Like, in that circle square, he might be one of the most competent people on earth. When he's doing what he actually does, he's great. And life is complicated. Everyone messes up in life. Can't everyone box that good? And so I I enjoy Floyd Mayweather. And I enjoy Conor McGregor. And I I don't get bent out of shape about things he says, because I know he's getting ready to fight a guy that I'm sure he has to feel deep in his heart is going to whoop his ass and it's a lot of money to take that ass whooping. I would let Floyd Mayweather beat me up for that kind of money. If he want to take a fight with me, I'd do it. <laughs> that would be...
4: You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Drum
0: roll, Let's, slightly, go. Let's, go. Let's <laughs> go. It would go. be slightly less competitive than what you're going to see on the 26th.
4: Coming to Netflix next, a Dave Chappelle special.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: Chappelle. Chappelle versus Mayweather. One. I wouldn't even get...
0: I wouldn't even get my ass whooped out. Well, you'd take the... Go down. Go down? Yeah, as soon as I the opening bell went, i just jump on the floor, count the 10, and walk to back. Life goes on, man. That kind of ego.
5: Well, speaking of Netflix, um, were you happy with the way your specials were received?
0: Uh, that's a good question. You know what? To be honest, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, the one thing about putting anything out is you can't control how it's going to be received. And I think people were, by and large, very fair... And thoughtful about how it was received.
5: Are you working on another one?
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, look out, there's another one coming soon. Are these Netflix people around us as we speak? No, 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 but they are everywhere. (laughs) Uh, Dave, are you into the Jay-Z album? 444? Yes. Yeah, everybody's into that. Everybody? Well, you know, listen, man. I'm, again, I, I, I am forty-four. I'm turning forty-four. 40. <laughs> turn I'm turning forty-four, man. You know, this guy's this guy's saying stuff that I want to hear, I, and I can understand all the words. <laughs>
4: so you you're not, you're not a, a big fan of songs where you can't understand the words.
0: Oh, I didn't say that. I mean, but it's just like it's just a record for a person of my time, man. This guy, and it's the first time I think that a guy of his age can make a relevant record. And it's fun to see a genre like hip hop be mature like this. This guy, Jay-Z, is like he's like a guy, he went to space and came back, bro. He's a billionaire from Brooklyn, from Morrissey. I I appreciate that. It's fun to see that. And we never knew that everyone
6: thought hip hop was a young man's game because it hadn't been around long enough to allow people to age. But Hove could keep putting out albums like Bruce Springsteen or Paul Simon or anyone
0: like that. And to his credit, like, for instance, if I had that kind of money, you would never see my ass again. I guarantee it. I I would maybe do comedy in clubs or something, but I wouldn't necessarily be out here promoting anything. I don't. Th- is he even promoting? He's got. He owns title.
4: He just throws it up on title. Nobody's seen him talk to him. Nothing. He don't. I don't think uh, he's with his
5: babies. He's with the babies. And sure. He's gonna go on tour when he wants to. On of his course. Term,
0: yeah, you you make, make a good point.
4: Yeah, I don't okay. think. Yeah, I don't. See you would that. too if you owned Netflix. You would put up a comedy special when you felt like it. Or
0: would I? Or or not? Nah. <laughs> or <good>. not? Nah. <laughs> nah, I would, man. I mean, you know, I just respect the fact that that he's he's been so true to game for so long.
6: How big how a fan, were? Remember, how early did you become a Hoa fan? Because you're a real hip-hop head. Were you on Reasonable Doubt, yeah, like when it came yeah. out? Reasonable
0: Doubt was a big record, man. Streets was watching, that was a big record. I mean, you know, I remember all this stuff. It was, it was dope. It was fun to watch. Back in those days, too, I used to see him around in New York. Like, if you used to go out at night, a couple spots, you'd always run into him, like during the Ascent, you'd just see him. And he got his varsity jacket fairly early. Yeah, legend status. Yeah, fairly early. He was... You went damn near straight to the Big Kids Table. Yeah, yeah he did. He, did. he, he, did. Did. he had a pretty quick. We problem. had Big
4: Kids Table money early too. That was yeah. that helped.
0: Yeah. Remember back in the day when it was a big deal that he made a hundred grand of the Apollo? Yes. yes. And now look at him. What's fifty grand to a guy like him? Please remind <laughs> <laughs> them.
6: Did you? Uh, what other? What other uh, recent albums you've been
0: sitting with, Dave? Everybody loved that Kendrick record. That kid's doing it. That. that kid is. Perfect reflection of many great influences. Like you know, when he's probably coming up, listening to music, I think he had a good diet. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. the way he refines it, I, I like him. I, he's fun. To, he's fun to watch too.
4: Have you seen him live? Have you had a chance? Uh,
0: well, do the BT awards count? Mm. Oh, and then he opened for Kanye that one runny. I seen him live.
6: Oh yeah, that's right. That's
0: right. Yeah, when he when he opened for Ye on the uh, was it Yeezus?
6: What do you, you, you have? You spent any time digesting, digesting the? The whole of lines on his album about Kanye.
0: No, you know what, man, I don't get lost in the woods trying to decipher Jay-Z lyrics. If I really really want to know, I'll call somebody and be like, "And ask them. Who's your go-to call for explain hip-hop lyrics to me?" Uh, I don't know, but Mos if I could reach him, yes.
5: <laughs> you had the chance to interview Kendrick for an Interview Magazine. What was that like? And were you able to just talk to him about whatever you wanted?
0: yeah man he was he was pretty he wasn't a defensive dude man i think he understood i came in peace and I, i'm a i'm a fan of his and i think the thing that i was impressed by him was that he's he sounded very introspective and thoughtful you know what i mean like i don't think he puts it down i think he stays in probably a creative zone guys like you can tell when you talk to guys sometimes like you know this guy's working through problems that he doesn't necessarily have to work through. he's figuring it out yeah yeah and he's a smart dude man i, I, I enjoyed that conversation now, granted, when I when I spoke to him, I was in the back of a car on the road on my way to, like, dinner. And he was in the middle of, you know, God knows what. So if I had, in a perfect world, I would have liked to have sat down with him face to face and had, had more of a conversation like we're having now. Well, not like we're having now, but, you know, just actually talk talk. But he was very open, I mean, especially considering we're on the phone, and you know there's a guy from Interview Magazine recording the conversation, and all the <laughs> part, you know what I mean? It's, it's, those those things, there's a lot of moving parts, and, and he's never put his guards up, he didn't sound tired or evasive or anything, he just talked. Do you believe in the, a, a
6: lot of times, in, in the hip hop conversation, People, of course, laud Kendrick for his lyrics. And me being the the foremost to do we that. Call,
4: we, you're a nut hugger. Me being the, the, the Kendrick stronger.
6: nut hugger of a generation. You hear that, kids? Going to school <laughs> in the back of the car. They know. All the kids know. The
5: kids <laughs> already a learned that. Thing.
6: But uh, but a lot of people then give Drake a hard time because of the thing that was brought out about the lyric writing, et cetera. Do you think when you talk about all time grades, do you? Do you, do you use that you as that a strike, strike against, against Drake, Drake, or do you, or you, you still you really, do you really consider, consider Drake to be, to be an
0: all-time, all-time great as well? <sighs> These types of questions are tough. Listen, when it comes when it comes to art, right? Uh, results matter. So if I listen to a Drake record and I like it, and then somebody comes behind that and starts telling me everything that's in the hot dogs, I still I ate the hot dog and I liked it. It's done, right? You know what I mean? However, if I'm making art, I would I would rather do it myself. Got it. That, that, for me, part of it is like, what can I come up with? And, and I'm engaging these people. But I don't mind people that make their art via committee. If that's, if, you know, I don't know what the deal is. Because
4: the with. results, like, like you said, the results matter. I hate the hot dog. I like the hot dog.
0: And, and it depends and, and on how many you Drake makes some
4: damn good hot dogs. Uh, damn kosher, kosher dogs. dogs. Isn't that kosher dog? It's uh, uh, so George. He <laughs> might be out here not be. He, it may not be kosher. Are you talking about his
0: circumcision? That's what
1: I oh. oh, wow. I, I gotta tell you. I all
4: right, guys, wait a minute. I'm gonna step
0: in that? here. I am not willing to sit on the radio and let you discuss <laughs> the Andrew Drake, Drake's penis. Right here. I don't, I don't want to talk about this for well, even a I long like it second. tied
4: together with nut-hugging yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. He went from the balls all the way up to the tip. We gotta got change this conversation immediately.
5: Okay, so Dave, your birthday is coming up, right? It's the last day at Radio City. How do you celebrate your birthday? Well, I know you have some, some special, special surprises, surprises during the
0: show, but how do you celebrate? In life, though, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was funny. Okay, after I quit my show, I don't remember I don't remember how old I was or what, but I remember I was, like, on the walkabout, and I, I, I started riding motorcycles. So I, another time I was in Colorado and I ended up doing a show, and Common was there visiting his dad, and he came and rocked with us. and You know, it was spontaneous and fun. fun. Yeah, yeah birthdays... You know, at my birthday, the way I celebrate him—is I try to make a memory that I'll treasure. Like my best birthday, I can remember my 16th birthday because I had such a good time. What was it? I was in D.C. and a bunch of, my brother surprised me. My brother took me to our old neighborhood. He goes, yeah, man, remember all this? Like, oh, yeah, it was fun. It was like reminiscing and stuff. And then uh, a bunch of our friends from elementary school was sitting in a an park bench and surprised me. And I had a show at comedy club in D.C. that night. We all went to the comedy club, and it was the first time they'd ever seen me perform. It was fun, and the MC was a guy named Patton Oswalt, who's pretty damn famous now. Yeah, he is. Yeah, but we—I mean—I remember all these birthdays. You know, uh, comedy is what I like to do on my birthday. Like, I'm doing exactly what I need to be doing for me. Yeah, I was gonna say you're living the dream. You are truly living your dream. Well, the thing is, though, but it's not easy. You know, I—I I sincerely make a point. Literally, I—I I make a point to manufacture quality memories, because it's the only thing I believe they can't take away from
5: Give us a little insight to those parties you've been throwing at a barn in Ohio.
0: Oh, which one's the Bars, other places. Or oh, oh, my God. Yeah, we no. went, You went
4: orgies. You went orgies. All no, time. It's <laughs> not orgies.
0: Not orgies. How'd you
4: get signed off on that?
0: <laughs> I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about how you got signed off on that for now. The party is like, it's a juke joint, man. It's like my, we put full production in my neighbor's barn, and we rock out. I got this band. I call it a band with no name. Really, it's just a bunch of people I, I poached from Stevie Wonder and different artists come through and just rock out in the barn. But you got to understand, where I live, this is the big dance. There's no cell phones in there, none of my shows. We don't have cell phones. So your margin of error socially is a little wider if you know that you're not going to get filmed and, and got shit. And people come through. John Legend rocked at it. Tribe Called Quest rocked at it. I mean, we've had all kinds of people. Chance, chance
6: I think. i had Chance so before. Yeah,
0: chance rocked with us once. Most rocked with us once. Daylight rocked with us in London. Ed Sheeran came by in London right after he'd done Wembley Stadium, man. And it came with us, we were in a little loft in London. We just rock out and you get to see people do stuff that you wouldn't normally see them do. Big artists come, it's like, there's no ego. I don't, I'm not paying anybody anything. People just do it. It's all love, man. We all just look out for Joe.
4: The pivotal moment in our relationship right now, Dave Chappelle. Wow. Um, you brought up Ed Sheeran, which made me think of Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> Earlier on the show, I pissed a lot of people off who listen to the program because there's people like, I can't afford HBO, so I don't watch Game of Thrones. And I assaulted people's intellect. I said, look, if you don't watch Game of Thrones intellectually, you and I are in a different place. And my place is better than yours. Wow. Yeah.
6: <laughs> so I know what's coming
4: next. Dave Chappelle, do you watch
6: Game of Thrones? Them Thrones.
4: Oh. Them Thrones. you
6: watching, watching Them watching Thrones. Thrones. Of,
0: course of course I do. Yes! <laughs> But, but I did not see last night. Oh, that's okay. fine. That's fine. That's so fine. So, no spoilers. That's yes.
4: Fine. Yo, last st- night last the dragons just no, no, yeah,
2: no, 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 no. By the way,
0: that's what Alex. But did. I, You know, it's funny. I, I, w- I got on late. I like binge watched and caught up because I used to be on the tour bus and it was a couple nerds on my bus that would always be talking about it. Man, they you hear bits of their conversation, the dragons and all this. And I'm like, man, it sounds whack. got a little worse <laughs> And then I started watching it, man. And, yeah, I just got sucked And It was, you know what I mean? It was,
5: and then you were chiming, chiming about, about the dragons. <laughs> yeah, then
0: it was right, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yesterday, Alexa's
6: dad, my, my wife's father, wrote her and was like, she said, she was like, Dad, did you watch Game of Thrones yet? He's like, no, I'm at dinner, I didn't get, <laughs> I didn't see it, don't spoil it. She was like, damn, the dragons <laughs> ate ate Jon Snow, sad. Uh, <laughs> nice. But. It's uh no, it's a it's a it's a special kind of show. I had mixed feelings about Ed Sheeran's appearance, but I didn't it wasn't care.
4: it wasn't bad. No. I didn't care. This is what I care about, Dave. You know a lot of white people. How much oh and for the people for the <laughs> for people who don't watch Game of Thrones, there's a whole movement about how Game of Thrones really can teach you about white people and the
0: things that motivate them. Right? <laughs> Wait,
6: I haven't heard this yet. Well, yeah, there's, heard a article, yet. there's a whole <laughs> article.
0: There's a whole article what is this article in though it's better be it's on a... it's on a black site it's black black black, t- yeah. black tail has an article so. <laughs>
4: no, it's like root.com I think um and they they started the hashtag Thrones y'all and all that Twitter stuff they they're a part of that do you feel for the people who don't watch Game of Thrones that there is anything to learning white people through game of Thrones mm-hmm.
0: well why don't we say it like this why don't we say that Game of Thrones illustrates certain kind con- Concepts that are part of the power, the dynamics of power, okay, and the manipulation of power and leverage, in in high end situations. It'd be like if you made a show about Fifty Cent's book, the Forty Eight Laws of Power. Okay. Laws of Power. He said, yeah, I mean you know, and white people are often powerful in our walk of life, so maybe in that sense it's illuminating.
4: Yeah, because the article goes on to talk about the dragons are white privilege. All right,
0: then they're going to. They're going you know, to. because
4: Daenerys is just born with these dragons. that You just fire on anybody at any time. She ain't got nothing to worry about. You can't burn her. You can't harm her. You can't do nothing.
0: Yeah, so I got to think about it. I got to digest that. I don't know if that ring... It didn't immediately ring true. And then
4: they said Winter, Winter, winter the... Uh, what are they called? The White Walkers.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: The White Walkers.
4: <laughs> Who are the White Walkers? The White Walkers is racism. KKK? It's always coming. It's uh. KKK. It's always on the way. No. It
6: is always,
4: Wall- always
6: uh, on. The White Walkers are so much more dangerous than the KKK. The KKK are pathetic this No, it's at this point. racism. It's okay. Awesome. The White Walkers are terrible. I've
0: got to read this.
6: <laughs> where in DC were you born? Washington Hospital Center. And where, and what what, what section, section of DC did you grow up in?
0: Well, several. I used to live in Silver Spring from like zero to ten. And then I lived right. in the northeast on East Capitol Street.
6: Did you hear the the really sad uh, D.C. news from the weekend? That Cool Disco Dan died. Yes. Man. Wow, really? The legend Cool Disco Dan passed away. Yeah, yeah I
0: did. You heard that country? Big, yeah, Cool Disco Dan. He was a, for
6: people listening who may not know, he was an iconic graffiti artist and his tag, Cool Disco Dan, I mean, Dave, your entire life must have been seen. I'm from I'm from Montgomery County, so I only saw it some, but in D.C., you saw it all the time.
0: Yo, you seen it on the bus, like, written on the seat. This guy was ubiquitous. Like, he wrote on. He just rode all over the city. Cool Disco Dan. And then at a certain point, it's like some Turk 182 stuff. At a certain point, people were like, who is Cool Disco Dan? Mm-hmm. And it was a paper in D.C. that went and found this guy and he was like a street legend. He was like a he was like a local. Like oh, yeah. it was a funny reference locally. And but he uh, just passed away.
6: Just passed away. And there's a great documentary that came out a couple years ago about him. That's phenomenal.
0: There's a documentary about Cool Disco. Yeah, yeah.
6: I'll I'll send it. I'll send it to you. I got it, I got a DVD of it. It's phenomenal. All right, it's phenomenal. But
0: yeah, rest in peace, Cool Disco Dan.
4: Dave, you uh, have some shows announcing today. What's the deal, man? Radio City.
0: More Radio City Date? Yes. Uh, going on sale today at three o'clock. Joining the lineup will be Solange. Oh, oh,
2: oh.
0: Yes! Wait a minute, wait a minute. Nobody's heard this before. No, no. This is breaking stories. Oh,
4: wait, hold up, hold up. Set him up. Hold him up. Set him up. Set him up. Yeah, you need this. Set him up!
5: You need this. Gotta have one right yeah, day.
0: Right. That's right. Solange going on sale today at 3 p.m. Also joining me at Radio City will be. Select, select members.
4: Five PM, day
0: Five PM. Five excuse p.m. Me. In news
4: In the newsroom over there in the corner, they say five
0: PM. <laughs> correction. Okay, correction. We are going on sale with Salonry Show at five PM. And also joining me <clears throat> Select cast members from Saturday Night Live. Oh. Leslie Jones, Michael Che, and Colin Jost will be joining me. So please uh check your local ticket listings. I don't even know. Where, where do I tell people to look for this?
4: Ticketmaster.com.
0: Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster.com. Of and course, but of course. And all the shows. Will there be
4: more added after this, or is this the last?
0: Well, like it's weird. Like some of these, are, some of these are sold out, man. But uh, on August 17th, Chance the Rapper is joining me. August 18th, I'm co-hosting with uh, The Daily Show's Trevor Noah. Uh, and then of course, Donald Glover, A.K.A. I said, I need a gun immediately. The guy didn't answer, no questions. He just grabbed a 12 gauge shotgun, handed it to me. I'd never even held a gun before. I'm not a dummy. Though. I'm like, well, I need some, I need some bullets, too. And the guy reached on the counter, put two box shells on the counter. He said, all right, buddy, which box do you want? I didn't know. One box had a picture of some ducks on it. The other box had a picture of some deer. I said, well, what's that box with them ducks? He said, oh, that there's bird shot. And then he goes just like this. not exaggerating. He goes, that won't kill a man. He said, it'll just pamper him up nicely. I said, what the fuck? Pepper? I said, well, what's that box with the deer on it? He goes, oh, that there's buckshot. That'll put a hole in the goddamn truck if you wanted to. So which box do you want? And he picked the one with the deer up and shook it. I thought he was trying to trick me. I was like, do you have a box uh, with a picture of a white dude trespassing on it? Because... That's exactly the strength I'm looking for. You suffer, I suffer. You suffer, I suffer, that's how it works. Can't do comparative suffering. If you're hungry, your friend says, you know, people are starving in Africa. So what, nigga, I still want lunch. Black people know about comparative suffering and you know this is a fucking dead end game. Blacks and Jews do that shit to each other all the time. You ever played Who Suffer More with a Jewish person? It's a tough game. <laughs> Whenever you think you got the Jewish guy on the ropes, that motherfucker will be like, well, don't forget about Egypt. Egypt? God Goddamn, they got to know he was going all the way back to Egypt. There was a big dance coming up in the middle school. I was 12 years old. I said, Dad, can I go to the dance? He said, of course you can go to the dance. I want you to get out and meet some more kids. I said, great. Uh, it costs $3 to get in. And my dad said, ooh, sorry, son. Uh, I don't have it. It's like, what the fuck? You don't have three dollars? Well, then how are we alive, Dad? Dad said, if you want to go to the dance bad enough, I'll tell you what. There's some money in the change jar. Get the money from there. I was 12 years old. That's what I did. I showed up to the dance early. There's a long line of kids waiting behind me while I'm at the door trying to count out 300 pennies to get inside. I will never forget this shit as long as I fucking live oh man you know if you've been poor you know what that feels like you were shamed all the time feels like it's your fault and all them kids was laughing hi, hi, hi. look how poor the age is like when i think back at it that's really the only time in my life that i ever thought to myself i should kill everybody at school let me tell you this kid is only 16 years old listen to what he did to me this motherfucker calls me up in the middle of the night it was one o'clock in the morning he goes dad don't be mad i knew something was terribly wrong I said, what's going on? He said, listen, listen I'm fine. fine. And don't forget, don't forget you told, told me to do this. <laughs> I'm at a party and my designated driver had too much to drink. And me and my friends need you to come pick us up. I said, Jesus Christ, it's one o'clock in the morning, nigga, I am shit-faced. But I figured, fuck, it's better me than some kid. I might as well roll the dice and go pick my nigga up. I said, all right, I'm coming to get you. Just give me the address, and I'll be right there. And then he gave me the address, and I was, I was shocked. I said, son, you are not going to believe this, but I'm at the same party, nigga. This opioid crisis is a crisis. I see it every day. It's as bad as they say. It's ruining lives. It's destroying families. Sadly, you know what it reminds me of? Seeing it reminds me of us, these white folks, look exactly like us during the crack epidemic. You know, it's really crazy to see. And all this shit they talk about on the news about how divided the nation is, I don't believe it. I feel like nowadays we're getting a real good look at each other. It's why, because I even have insight into how the white community must have felt watching the black community go through the scourge of crack. Because I don't care either. Hang in there, whites. Just say no. What's so hard about that? How far is Rachel willing to go? Hmm? What is Rachel willing to do so that we blacks can believe that she believes she's actually one of us? Are you willing to put a lien on your house? So that you can invest in a mixtape that probably won't work out? She didn't even change her name didn't even change her name. Her name is Rachel. I can't believe in that name. If you want my support, you're going to have to change your name to the blackest shit I've ever heard. But you're going to have to change your name to Draymond Green. I don't know a blacker name than that. That shit is black on paper. If you type Draymond Green into AirBnB, that shit will log off automatically. I saw that videotape of that lady that got beat up in L.A. in the trap. They beat a black woman. This woman didn't even do anything wrong. She didn't even go to court. The city of L.A. just gave that woman 1.5 million dollars for her pain and suffering. That is not bad, considering that's the same amount of money that Marcos Maidana made to fight Floyd Mayweather the second time. And this woman obviously hasn't trained a day in her life. <laughs> you can see it on the tape. she didn't come to fight. Her guards were low, she was taking a lot of shots. Everybody's mad at police now. I watched that, you see that shit on Netflix, the, uh, the Making, of, Making a Murderer, the Stephen Avery story. Yeah, but well, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Stephen Avery is in more trouble than any white person in the history of the United States has ever been in. In a justice system designed for him to thrive, he's failed miserably twice. I, I can't even wrap my mind around If making a murder was about a black dude, that shit would be called, duh. And now we get to the core of the crisis. What is a woman? What is that in this day and time? Is there even such thing as a woman or a man or anything? Hmm, seems to be a question nowadays. Now listen, women get mad at me, gay people get mad at me, lesbians get mad at me, but I'm gonna tell you right now, and it's true, these transgenders, These niggas want me dead. (laughs) I've gone too far, I've said too much. And I gotta tell you, I'm very worried about it. I'm not even joking. Every time I come out on stage, I be scared. I'll be looking around the crowd, searching for Knuckles and Adam's apples to see where the threats might be coming from. (laughs) A nigga came up to me on the street the other day. He said, careful Dave, they after you. I said, what? One they or many theys.
1: I can't scare these white people. I try.
0: Roll up on them. Boom! The hell is wrong with you? Those days are over. I'm glad that, you know, like we're doing a show here by Howard, you know, and you see like white people come out, and that's good. One thing I'm seeing, you'll be walking down the street, and you'll see like a group of black dudes walking. Not just any old black dudes. We talking, you know, thugs. Talking, you know, be some thugs and in the group in the group they got like one or two sometimes as many as three white guys to be with them you ever seen this shit <laughs> well, let me tell you something about those white guys those white guys are the most dangerous motherfuckers in them groups it's true man it ain't no telling what they've done to get them black dudes respect well them black dudes have seen them do some wild shit i'll tell you that i've been trying to tell brothers that every every group of brothers should have at least one white guy in it i'm serious for safety Because when the shit goes down, somebody's going to need to talk to the police. (laughs) If you're in a group that I made fun of, then just know that I probably would only make fun of you if I see myself in you. I make fun of poor white people because I was once poor. I know what it's like to have a cold house. I wasn't allowed to touch the thermostat growing up without asking my father. And it would be fucking freezing in the house. I'd be like, Dad, please, can I please just turn the heat up to like... I don't know, 32 niggas, really cold. And my dad would say, just put more clothes on, David. Got all three of my outfits on, nigga. Will you look at me? I'm freezing up here. And I said this, I didn't say it to him, but I said it in front of him so he could hear I said, I fucking hate being poor. And my dad got really upset. You are not poor. He said, poor is a mentality. He said, it's a mentality that very few people ever recover from don't you forget it son you are broke Americans generally respect one another's beliefs even if they don't share those beliefs, I know I do I respect everybody's beliefs except Amish people because they are the only ones that I can say clearly their God is wrong Speed limit is 75 miles an hour in Ohio, and one lane of traffic is blocked by a goddamn horse and buggy. You god is ridiculous. All the Amish people around my way know me too, not from television, obviously. They know me from the streets because when I see them horse and buggies, I'll pull the Porsche over and talk to them. Ezekiel, Ezekiel, are you sure? But God doesn't want you to have any of this technology or this energy. Huh? Hmm? Huh? I can't hear you, nigga. Let me turn this air conditioner off. What did you say? And sitting next to the bees, all the way in the back seat by themselves, looking out the window, that's the tease. Everybody in the car respects the tease, but everyone also resents the tease. It's not the T's fault, but everyone in the car just feels like the T's are making the trip take longer. Anything the T's say gets on everybody's nerves. And then the T's don't even say anything bad, they should be in the back, talking to himself. I'm hot. Shut up! Shut the fuck up, okay? Just roll the window down, you bitch. I don't know what you... What? Just said I was hot. Can you pull over at the next exit? I need to use the restroom. There is not a restroom for you for four states, nigga. Will you just shut the fuck up so we can get where we're going? Americans generally respect one another's beliefs, even if they don't share those beliefs. I know I do. I respect everybody's beliefs, except Amish people. I Googled the dictionary definition of a feminist just to make sure I was talking about the right thing. And do you know, sir, what the dictionary definition of a feminist is? I didn't either. Listen to this. Webster's defines a feminist as a human being, not a woman, a human being that believes in equal rights for women. i was shocked that that's what that meant. Because by that definition, I would consider myself a feminist, and I didn't even know that at the time. All these years, I thought it meant Frumpy Dyke. that's who's always talking to be some chicken overalls. Men are trying to rape us. ah not you, bitch. Please. do the show and then on the weekends I do like concerts and shit like that so I'm doing a concert and there was a couple in the front row beautiful couple the wife wife was obviously Asian you could see it in her face the husband this motherfucker was mysterious to say the least couldn't quite pinpoint where he was from caramel colored fella very nice hair but it could have been from anywhere Bangladesh Mexico I can't guess with a nigga like this all I knew for sure about this guy is that his wife was a bitch and i tried to break the tension i just asked her that's all i said i go hey where you guys from anyway and i could tell that she was on to me she goes very condescendingly she says i'm from california if you are asking my ethnicity i am chinese and her husband was just cool about the shit he was like i'm mexican bro i said well i'm sorry if i offended you by asking but you're a very beautiful couple And Miss, there's no question that you're going to give birth to the hardest working baby this world has ever seen. That's not a bad joke. She got very upset. She got up to leave immediately. But she didn't just leave. She had to take one last dig at me on the way out. I will never buy one of your fucking DVDs again, Dave Chappelle. I said, ma'am, with all due respect, Chinese people don't buy DVDs. <laughs> you know. I saw your baby, very nice. I got babies. How old's the baby now? Yeah. He got, he's 18 months now. Oh, that's very cool. He can't quite talk yet, but that's what I'm waiting for. Yeah. 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 For him to talk. Yeah. Cause whenever you ever had a conversation with a guy that lived in your balls, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I also believe if you decide to have the baby, a man should not have to pay. That's fair. If you can kill this motherfucker, I can at least abandon him. I am what's known on the streets as a victim blamer. You know what I mean? If somebody come up to me like, Dave, Dave, Chris Brown just beat up Rihanna. I'll be like, well, what did she do? And if you want to meet with me, I'd be more than willing to, but I have some conditions. You must admit that Hannah Gatsby is not funny. I remember right around September 11th, uh, Ja Rule was on MTV. That's what they said. they said. we got Ja Rule on the phone. Let's see what Ja's thoughts are on this tragedy. Who gives a fuck what Ja Rule thinks at a time like this? Nigga, like, this is ridiculous. I don't want to dance, I'm scared to death. You think when bad shit happens to me, I'll be in the crib like, oh my God, this is terrible. Cause somebody please find Ja Rule, get hold of this motherfucker so I can make sense of all this. Got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. I gotta admit, that's probably the most niggerish decision I've made in a long time. (laughs) I walk in the doctor like, give me the third best option. I'll have what the homeless people are having. There was a black man who was in South Carolina during slavery who somehow got granted his freedom by his so-called master. And when his master granted him the freedom, he also gave him a plot of land. Now, it turns out this brother was brilliant. He had a good, he had a good eye, a good knack for farming. And, and he farmed this plot of land very successfully and made a lot of money. And this is where the story gets crazy. Uh, when he got all that money, this nigga bought some slaves. Not only was he a slave owner, he became a slave breeder and employed tactics that were so cruel, even white slave owners were like, yo, my man was a wild dude, but he did it just because that's what successful people did at the time, and he just wanted to be down. What a fucking tragedy. How can a person that went through slavery perpetrate the same evil on a person that looks just like him? It's mind-blowing. And, shockingly, they're making a movie about it. Ironically, it's called Space Juice. Being a celebrity, your, your realm of getting in trouble is, is worse than the average person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, the average dude gotta go out and look for trouble. i have be sitting around, mind my own business, and dude come up, hey, man, you're Dave Chappelle? I'm like, yeah, what's up, man? It's, hey, I got 12 naked bitches in a hot air balloon. You trying to <laughs> roll well with me? One lady said, Louis C.K., masturbating in front of me ruined my comedy dreams. Word. <laughs> well, then I dare say, madam, you may have never had a dream. We found out that life was not going to let us do that. And that it's impossible to shoot love out of your chest. However, I have shot love onto somebody's chest before.
6: Let's just say you had the 40 million. Who, who's, to, who's to say
0: you would be uh, a happier or, or better person? I think I might be a happier person. <laughs> Literally, if you look at history, recently we have bombed the masculinity out of an entire continent. We dropped two atomic bombs on fucking Japan and they've been drawing Hello Kitty and shit ever since. There's <laughs> so a lot of lady boys in the wake of our bombs. And I know these things because my wife is Asian. She's Filipino. All right, well, okay, so that explains it. Now you know why you see...
3: Hello xin chào tất cả các bạn xin mừng tất cả các bạn đã quay trở lại với kênh youtube này nhé Ok Thì ngày hôm nay mình sẽ review cho các bạn một cái trái bắp bằng mũ ha Nếu mà mình không nói thì các bạn nhiều khi các bạn nghĩ đây là trái bắp ăn được đúng không Nhưng nó no, không ăn được Tại vì nó bằng mũ mà mọi người sau ăn được đúng không Rồi về cái, cái trái bắp này thì Thì cái trái bắp này thì nó sẽ có một cái mèo À, vàng, nói chung là nó y chang một cái trái bắp thái vậy đó các bạn nó y chang một trái bắp thái vậy đó mọi người sau cái tóc này của mình nó hơi bị xì quẹt cái chỗ này rồi nó hơi bị, nó hơi bị xì quẹt rồi mọi người ơi, nhìn, nhìn nó hơi kì nha rồi ok thì bây giờ mình sẽ tiếp tục mình, mình sẽ làm cái series ngày hôm nay cái series ngày hôm nay là moi nguoi oi nhin nhin no hoi ky thì cái thi series ngày hôm nay minh À, cái series, hôm nay mình sẽ review trái bắp này thì mình thấy là cái trái bắp này nó khá là uh, đơn giản các bạn nó khá là đơn giản à, cái này là một cái màu nâu Ơi sao nó vơ cái da mình chị nha uhm. Nó cũng không đỡ mà mọi người ha Thôi mình cũng thôi vậy thôi mình bôi bỏ cho rồi đi nó không có đỡ Nó không có... Nó không có... Nó không có xét ban đầu gì hết nó mình sẽ dùng một cái miếng bông này mình sẽ chui mình sẽ chui đó Đó, mình sẽ chui bỏ nha mọi người nha tại vì á mọi người biết sao không cái ngày hai mươi mấy của tháng này nè các bạn là hôm nay là 15 lăm rồi thì có thể là tôi đã khoảng tầm 10 ngày nữa mình sẽ đi làm chuyên ngành này mới đây